Hi, everybody. This is Kevin Clark with Valpoint Real Estate and Development with another episode of Decoding Real Estate in Baldwin County, Alabama. Our offices are down here in Fairhope, and I've got an interesting one today. <clears throat> I have a lot of clients who do listings, and even if they're a, a seasoned owner of properties who've sold properties before, they still ask the question, well, what will happen after I sign the listing agreement? So for the conversation we're going to have today, I'm going to assume that you've already done your interviewing and your preparation, your presentation, and now you've got the listing. And what should the client expect you to do when you list their property? Well, you're obviously going to go to the property and inspect it with them, which I hope you've already done. And you're going to go over in detail with the property owner. And a lot of times, if you have a multiple listing service you're a member of for your local board as a realtor or agent, then you're going to be able to get a printout of an input sheet for all the details and information you need to make the listing go on the internet so it can be published through the multiple listing service and be available for all the agents and even the public through Redfin and National Association of Realtors and Realtor.com and otherwise. So you're going to go through the property and get all the details. How many bedrooms, how many baths, what's the layout of the property, what's the construction type. And you're going to also talk to the owner and find out what are the best features. What are possibly the worst features or issues they think they may have if when we're putting the home on the market. Number three, are there any conditions that need to be dealt with? Either acknowledged and or repaired or considered at least being repaired such as leak in the roof uh, some damage to some interior walls or plumbing that maybe has to get tightened up a little bit for any leaks what about if the ac needs to get serviced or if you have to do a little bit of yard cleanup <clears throat> excuse me to create a better first-time view when people come by to look at the home whether they're represented or not and that's something I try to do. And, you know, when you're having a listing, a lot of times people have a lot of things. or so their personal items, a lot of pictures, stuff on the counters in the kitchen, and maybe a lot of stuff in a particular living room or living area, bathroom. What I always recommend is, I don't say declutter. I say depersonalize the environment of the house as best you can. Obviously, that way, when somebody comes into the house, they can get a good idea of what the home may look like if they're thinking about putting their furniture in it or their things on the countertops. And when you remove some of that clutter or you remove some of that busyness, it get a better idea of what the features are for the home. Another thing that's very important, you have to have professional photos done. I know the iPhones now are so fantastic. I've got a new one. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I'll tell you, you need a professional photographer. It's worth the 100 to $200 to get done. The photos, I'm telling you, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And you know how almost everyone now goes on the internet to find those homes they want, whether it's a realtor doing the job for them or they're doing it on their own. So pictures are paramount. Get the lawn manicured up. Make sure the windows are cleaned or washed if they have to be. And when you're taking photos, even if you're only temporarily depersonalizing or decluttering a house, 
take it that way for the photos so that even if they come and see it, they'll have the motos in their, the photos in their mind's eye and remember those. And if they see there's a little more busyness on a countertop or in a bathroom or in the garage, they're not going to care because they've seen the photos that show those best features of the house with not as much personalization by the homeowner. The other thing you've got to do is you've got to get your signage up on the property and you let the agent know that. You let the, you know, you, I want to have signage and I want to make sure that people, when they come drive by the house, they'll know it's listed. And that is an important thing for many homeowners. They want to know, A, they're going to be out and they're going to be presented to as many agents as far as wide as you can get it done. And you know what? That's how the multiple listing service is so fantastic. It goes to all the thousands of agents that are out there. Plus, when it gets syndicated to Realtor.com and Redfin and other ones, truly a Zillow, public's going to see it too. They'll see the photos, see the information, then contact the Realtor, and that way they're going to get the most exposure necessary. Number two, you've got to make sure that you are, as an agent, always available to talk to the homeowner and address any questions they may have. In addition to that, you've got to make sure that you're constantly in contact with the homeowner. I would say once or twice a week in the beginning, if not minimum once a week to give them updates on potential showings, inquiries, or possible offers that may be coming in. You want to always do as much as you can to give them as much feedback so they know that you are doing the most important thing in their lives that they are knowing you're doing it because this is the biggest transaction in their life. You may do a lot every month, but for them, this is their biggest transaction. So you have to make them feel like you're there for them 24-7, which you are. You got to make sure you put a lockbox on the property. Some are combination, some are electronic, and it's really important to be able to have that so that your client is comfortable that if a realtor comes along and wants to take a look at the property subject to approval of the owner, you've got to be able to give them access so they can go in and electronic lock boxes that are usually provided by the local board or the listing services in your local area. They're going to be able to document who is coming in, who is staying there longer and how when the showing is done because many times these owners they live in the home so they need to know when they're going to get there when they're going to leave and then what are the results of that showing it's called feedback now again you've got to have a system down where you're able to contact the seller get an appointment schedule so they know that if they need to leave the house which we recommend so a buyer and their agent can come and look at it you always want to do that you always want to have a easiest means by which, whether it's phone, text, voicemail, whatever it may be, you need to be able to have that means of contact so you can always make sure that any listing showings that have to happen or want to happen will happen to get them the maximum exposure and get them the best results for their listing. The other thing that's really, really important is you need to make sure that If there's any personal items of value or jewelry or guns or anything that is very much important to the homeowner, 
have them put that away. Put the guns in the gun safe, lock away the jewelry, put it on a safety deposit box, because even realtors who are there with their clients can't guarantee the safety of those items. Now, it's important to explain that to them. Look, if there's something very valuable, it's best not to leave it out. Sometimes you'll have people who come in with their kids, and the kids are running around the house trying to experience where their new home may be, and you don't know what's going to happen. So why not create a situation where there's no temptation or no possible issue of somebody coming home after a showing at their home and saying, oh my gosh, my watch is missing, or some other item. You don't want to have a tragedy happen. You don't want to have an issue happen. You want to make this as positive an experience as possible. We always say, put away your valuables, or if you have guns, which down in the South a lot of people do, just put them away, even if you only put them away for the showing time. Now, we're always dealing with sometimes having unrepresented parties wanting to see the house, meaning there's no other realtor on the other side. Well, in those instances or situations, you want to make sure as a realtor agent, you are going there and letting those people in and being with them and making sure that you're not letting someone who's unrepresented go walk around a house without you being present. That's a just for me a, a go, no go line. You want to work with unrepresented parties because that means you may make more commissions, you may get future business from them, and as an ultimate seller of their real estate, if you can work with them as a buyer. Even if they don't buy your home, they may want to work with you as a buyer's agent if that's your wish and the wish of the potential buyer that you're showing who's not represented. So in those situations, it's a must that you let them in and let you let your seller know that you're doing this out of an abundance of caution because generally you're going to know all the real estate agents in your area. If you don't know that agent, it's not a problem going by during the showing and introducing yourself and then leave them alone, let them get into the house and walk around. But generally, you're going to know everybody in the area who are agents or realtors. The other thing I want to harp on again, a lot of times sellers want to sit around and be there to answer questions that the realtor or buyer may have. Not a good idea. You want to make sure that the buyer and their agent have unfettered access so they can feel like they can talk freely among themselves, even though I always warn buyers that I represent A lot of times there are security systems in the house that have video monitoring with, you can hear audio. So I always try to tell agents and their buyer clients, don't don't necessarily talk so openly because you never know who's listening. Not that that's always the case, but I've seen it happen. And it sometimes is entertaining and also not good necessarily for the buyer's privacy. So what I'm saying is, Don't have your seller there if it's at all possible. If they have to, have them sit out on the back patio. Let don't bother interrupting or dealing. You know, be cordial as a seller, and you can tell your clients that they can be friendly. But let the agent talk to me as their listing agent and get the information. And don't interact with the buyer. Let the buyer feel comfortable that they can look around, have time be able to enjoy the ambiance of that home that they're maybe going to buy. And if they need an answer 
to a question, they can go through their own agent. And if they're not represented, they're going to be able to talk to your agent on some kind of dual agency or limited consensual dual like we have here in Alabama. So that being said, you know, you've got to make sure that when you're talking to your client, and of course, you're dealing with all the issues of, you know, are there a loan on the home? You know, are they going to be moving to a new property or are they downsizing, relocating? How can you help them on any aspect of that transition? You really want to make sure that you explain to your client, I'm going to do this marketing. I'm going to get advertising out on the property. I'm going to put signage up. I'm going to put on the multiple listing service, which will be syndicated out to hundreds of other websites so the public and other realtors who maybe aren't the member of your local board can see the property if they have out-of-state or out-of-area clients. The other thing that's important to let them know is that you may be doing social media and you may be sending out Twitter and Facebook and all these other Instagram feeds that you may or may not have as a realtor and let them know you're giving your that home maximum exposure. You may have open houses and they may want that. So you go to your seller and say, look, we're thinking of having an open house. I may bring a little food and some drinks. I'm going to invite all the brokers in the area to come look at the house. Now, sometimes that's a positive. Sometimes it's not even necessary. But I always believe you've got a lot of tools in your toolkit to be able to use to maximize the exposure and the good experience that brokers and other neighbor people in the neighborhood may have friends who are interested in moving into the neighborhood that they're in and you're in. That's a great opportunity. You can have an event that's for the neighborhood to say, look, I know we're going to be having people coming viewing the house. Sorry, it's going to be a little more traffic coming through here. I want to invite you over and you can see the house. Clear it with your seller. Make sure the seller is comfortable with any of those suggestions. And enlist them to be able to let people know, hey, Mr. Seller, is your home for sale? Well, yes, it is. I just put on the market. Oh, I have a friend who's interested. Oh, well, I, here's the name of my realtor. Go ahead and give them a call or have your friend call and we can get them in touch so that they can look at the house. That way, not only are you looking like you're being a good neighbor and a good friend, or you're able to help your own realtor getting information out there. So whatever you can do as a seller, it's important to coordinate with your agent. If there are specific things you do or don't want, tell your agent, I don't want to sign up. I don't want a lockbox. I do want a lockbox, but I only want to show homes on certain times or days of the week. That's perfectly okay, but just understand, if you limit the amount of exposure and access to your property while it's listed, that can diminish the opportunities that's available to sell it for the highest, best price in the quickest amount of time on the best terms. So you've got to go through all these issues with your client, and as a seller, you've got to discuss what your go-no-go positions are on certain things. I think it's very important to have a lockbox signage and showings and access and having the ability to get the maximum exposure. So generally, that's what I like to talk about with clients and explain to them that if there's a neighborhood restriction or if there's a personal restriction, whatever the case may be, 
most agents are going to know any neighborhood restrictions. I'm not necessarily worried about what their loan balances are. You should ask. It's very important. But for purposes of showing gain of property listed, you've priced it already. You've gone over any liens on the property. You've started possibly title work or you're going to find that out. And you're going to know what the issues or positive features or negative features are. So those types of things are important. But you've got to basically... Make sure that your client is in constant communication with you. More often than not, the biggest complaint I get from sellers and buyers is I didn't hear from my agent often enough. My agent didn't explain things. They didn't follow up with me when I called them. They only talked to me once a month. They didn't tell me what happened at the showing. They didn't explain to me what those documents were. You are their advocate. You are their representative. And they're paying you a lot of money for you to expend your time and effort to get them the best results in this transaction. So you've got to do that. And as sellers, you have a right to demand those things and that kind of representation because these agents and realtors are professionals. Whether they're part-time or full-time, it doesn't matter. They're professionals. They've had training and experience. Even a brand new agent has a, generally a lot more experience than you and a better position to get the information to you than you would have out in the world. So as a seller, I think you have a right to demand service and the right kind of service that makes you feel comfortable so that your experience is not stressful, complicated, unknowing. There's nothing worse than hearing dead air from another party, especially somebody providing a service to you where you don't know what happened with the showing and you're anxious because you want to sell it. You want to see what's going to go on. How much am I going to net? How much am I going to make? what they say about my house? Those things are important to sellers. So you as an agent have to make sure that you're in constant contact with them. That is key. And be honest and truthful Tell them the hard news, but tell them it in a nice way so they understand you're not mean-spirited. You're just saying, look, a lot of people don't like the landscaping or they don't like the layout or they don't like the colors. It's nothing personal. It's what the buyers want, and that is not a reflection on the seller. It's just a reflection on the house and the marketplace. It's nothing personal. Now, with respect as an agent, those sellers they're entitled to your full attention. You have other clients, but when you're speaking to them or when something comes up or if it's time to give an f- update report, you focus on them. Don't take other calls. Don't be talking about other things or looking at the newspaper or paperwork on another transaction. Focus on them. Make them feel like they're the most important people in the world to you because they are. They are your clients. They're your bread and butter, your lifeblood. So that's it for today. I hope it helped. I didn't want to get too much into the weeds, but I want to give you a general idea as sellers, what you should expect and what you should demand. And as realtor agents, what you should be providing and what you should be doing to give them the level of service that they deserve, especially in this marketplace right now with interest rates going up and things transitioning. You are there to protect the seller's interest and make them feel comfortable as best you can so that they know that you have them in your mind's eye every day and you're looking out for their best interests. Well, that's all I've got for you today. 
I appreciate you listening. If you ever want to give me a call, do so. Kevin Clark, 251-599-6375. If you're ever down in the Mobile area, we're on the Eastern Shore. Come on down, give me a call or text me. And you know what? We can get together, get a bite to eat, get a nice iced tea soda, or whatever your poison or libation is. And we can have a nice time talking about real estate, the market down here, or just about how beautiful this is down here with the nice people. That's it. Thank you again for listening to Decoding Real Estate in Baldwin County. I wish you the best. Enjoy the autumn time that's coming up now. I'm very happy that you've taken time out to listen to my podcast, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great day. Love your family and look out for each other. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.